0: ESPN's The Far Post podcast we're back for another express post from the Women's World Cup and who oh mama <laughs> um what an episode we have in store today. Um, we had two matches yesterday. The Netherlands and Sweden progressed through, but obviously the big news of yesterday was the United States are out of the Women's World Cup, a sentence I simply never thought we would ever <laughs> say. Um, So obviously we have to talk about that. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present For this episode, you have me, Marissa Lodanik, and Angela Christian-Wilkes. Anna Harrington will be joining us via voice note. Sam Lewis may be joining us via voice note. It really depends. It's another day of moving parts for Team TFP. But um, obviously, we need to start with the results from yesterday, which were simply... Mad. They were unbelievable. And if I, like, if you didn't watch it yourself, you probably wouldn't have believed it. But the two results from yesterday were the Netherlands beating South Africa 2 0, and then Sweden defeating the United States on penalties. They played out a scoreless draw after 120 minutes, and Sweden eventually uh, won 5 4 on penalties. So we need to talk about the US first, because there's simply no other way we can start this chat. It is. It's, uh, but, uh, do you have an adjective for it, Angela? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't, uh, I, the first thing that came to mind was like glorious. Uh, surreal though. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a little bit, it feels historical. It feels it, like we're living through a really important moment. Um, but also a very funny moment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to our US friends. I know it must be very hard for you right now. Um, And we we have discussed on the pod about, you know, the the implications for this. We're already seeing some of the the kind of negatives that no one wants to see coming from the US Mm -hmm. Women's National Team losing. At the same time, if we just put all those fuckwits to one side who are using this for culture war, Bullshit. Sorry, Mickey. Um, also, sorry, friend of the pod, Ollie, recently binge listened to a lot of our podcasts and was like, what do you mean when you say sorry, Mickey? So if you're new here, when we're saying sorry, Mickey, ESPN are owned by Disney and Disney is obviously owned by Mickey Mouse. So that's, that's who we're apologising to there. Um, anyway, sorry. But that aside, yeah, just a very important moment. Mm-hmm. um because it's not just about the US and it's for the rest of this tournament not going to be about the US at all so that's it's it's exciting um the game itself we will get into that um but we'll listen to Harrow's thoughts and onions first but yeah in terms of words uh surreal i would say
0: I reckon that's the only word for it. But like I said, we will have the thoughts of one Anna Harrington. She has sent me like seven voice notes on WhatsApp. So these are Harrow's thoughts on this USA-Sweden game.
2: Well, that was insane. Um, Rooster and I obviously went to the Sydney fans.
1: Oh, no. She's on (laughs) 1.5. That's all right. (laughs) Try again. Decaffeinated Harrow
0: now. These are the thoughts. These are the actual thoughts of one Anna Harrington.
2: Well, that was insane. Um, Marissa and I obviously went to the Sydney fan zone for this one. And as you've probably already said, Marissa, it was really packed with Americans. And my vibe was a lot of them uh, were Americans that thought they would be in Sydney that day because they would have topped the group, which they obviously did not. They were playing in Melbourne instead. So that was quite funny to me. Um, And they clearly outnumbered everyone else there. And it was the most eerie silence ever after the final penalty went in. But also, like, that is one of the most insane penalty shootouts I've ever seen in my life. Like, the first five penalties were, like, you know, very good to superb. And then it just went full chaos mode. I mean... You guys just had so many times or so many chances to, to win it and to spray two pounds easily Rapino and Sophia Smith did was, was just extraordinary. I, I said to Marissa, I thought um, Smith's generally pretty ice cold, so I thought she was going to bury it. But And obviously when Rapino stepped up, I think the stat today was she hadn't missed one since 2018, so you just assume it's going to go in. But... Nah, just uh, just insane. And the O'Hara one was just a really poor pen. I thought she never looked confident. Um, I did love the Christy Mewis penalty. I thought, you've not you've come on at the end, you haven't even had a touch on the ball, and she just buried it. Like, fantastic, lefty. Um, and Magda Erickson's was, yeah, about as good as they get, I reckon. And she never looked like she was missing. She looked so steely and cold and, like just with the captain's armband on like she was never missing it um but yeah awesome awesome shootout um <laughs> uh the chaos with the hurtig penalty as well like it wasn't a great pen and um i felt for Bora borisner because i think she'd been excellent and her her own penalty was was stone cold as well but yeah all in all uh, very funny outcome but also, like, the U.S. should have buried this game so many times. Moussevich obviously deserves so much credit. Um, I don't know if I've seen many better saves than the save to deny Lindsay Haran. Like, I don't know how you can have the strength in your hand to tip that ball around the post, like, to not only get a hand to it, but to tip it to safety. It was extraordinary. And she obviously made heaps. I'm so glad she was named player of the match instead of, like, a random goal scorer, um, like a penalty taker or something. Uh, The other note from the penalty shootout was I hated how uh, the ref had to do the clarification with the goalkeepers. I thought Muscovic in particular was really rattled by it, like not being able to move around on your line, not being able to distract. it. It's totally sanitised the penalty shootout and, yeah, really shit for mine. I I can't believe, though, that Sweden hung on, like, you'd just be devastated if you were the US, because they were on top in so many different ways, they barely let Sweden create anything, their press was fantastic, Uh, Rodman had them on toast in the first half Um, they weren't really, like outwardly missing chances Barharan, I think, hitting the bar was probably the only one that maybe you go, oh, you should have buried that, Lynn Williams had one she probably should have made more difficult for Musovic as well, but that they were all over them, I thought um, Girma was obviously sensational. She was, had such a great tournament. Her and Ertz kept, like, Blextenius and the other Sweden attackers so quiet. Um, the only time they had a bit of spark was then Sophia Jakobsen came on in the second half. Um, I thought Lindsay Haran was amazing, like, a full-blown captain's game. Like, in terms of leading a response, she just completely led the charge. She put him on her back at times. She... Um, Looked the most threatening around goals. Sweden had no answers for her through midfield because she's so obviously strong and powerful But also technically sound as well Um, She left everything out there, and yeah, I I thought she was just superb Yeah, I will be really interested to see how um, Sweden Japan plays out because The way the U.S. were able to sort of get in behind and really create some great chances, Um, I feel like Japan can do that, but on another level. Um, And Sweden just didn't really offer anything bar their set pieces. Like, when they started, the the smartest they actually played was in extra time. They actually started to create. They tried to play through the U.S. press um, for the first time instead of just hoofing it long, which, for me, had always felt like a really naive approach against the U.S., who set themselves to this sort of stuff all the time. Um... They'll have to play a lot smarter to beat Japan, I think. The one thing that will obviously worry them is the the set pieces. We know how good they can be, how dangerous they can be at corners. Um, And free kicks with that height and that power. So that will really interest me. I think the game going to extra time will help Japan a lot because they looked a bit tired at the end of the Norway game. But the mental and physical fatigue of going to extra time and pens um, will take a huge toll on Sweden. Uh, meanwhile,
0: in the other game, um... <laughs> I'm going to pause Anna Harrington right there because I didn't know that she had sent one about the other game. So we will get to her in a second on the Netherlands South Africa match. But um, yeah, really hard to kind of disagree with any of her takes, especially on the the shootout itself. But the one thing I did want to mention is obviously she started that by saying that she and I were at the the fan fest in Sydney and it, the the Americanness of the crowd truly was something to see, not only during the match, but obviously in the immediate aftermath of the shootout. But obviously, you were at that game, Angela. So please, from an Atmos perspective, like what was that like throughout the game and then also the immediate aftermath of Lena Hertig's winning
1: penalty? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I was incredibly lucky, the seats um, that I ended up with. Um, and shout out to Kim Anderson at FIFA who sorted those very very grateful they were so good double thumbs up um, so I was able to go with friend of the pot Ollie who hasn't been to a World Cup match yet so what a perfect game to start with I would say especially as a neutral um, but really not that neutral we weren't we weren't that neutral but there was just I think the Swedish fans behind the goal they were fantastic the U.S. fans, they weren't as American as I expected. They weren't, like, they were still annoying, (laughs) but not to the extent that I've kind of been grated by them in the past. I I don't know. Um, Throughout the game, I don't know. there there, There were patches, it was quiet, it lulled a little bit. But, yeah, being at the end with the penalties was just incredible, incredible. Um, got to kind of see it on that, you know, angle looking straight side on to the goal. Um, and there was just such pantomime about it as well. And it was, it, I think most of the crowd were kind of gunning for Sweden, bar the out and out, you know, US fans that had made it to Melbourne, I'm, you know, booked the flexible option, or hospitality package, or whatever it was. The perhaps yes, the more. uh, uh, I won't get into that. Anyway, (laughs) bar the yeah, the out and out U.S. fans, it really felt like the the crowd were with Sweden, Um, and it was interesting having discussions in group chats about like booing and that kind of thing. And there does seem to be an approach of. I don't know, booing in women's sport, there seems to be a different kind of politics around it. But I feel like um, I was chatting to a friend of the pod, Tom, about this. And my thing with booing is I'm like, I think that it's fine when one, it's the US, but two, when it's kind of obviously pantomime. And I think that there was there was a real theatre. Like as or theatrical aspect to the penalty shootout as there always is, but yeah, just like and having Sweden being able to do it with their like supporters behind the goal was in like incredible. Yeah, it was a really, really fun game. I will say, boot to the misses, catering folk. They I got up so when it went into extra time, went up to get myself some more rosé spritzes. Um, cause I'm sick of great Northern anyway, so I'm branching out anyway, got up to get some more drinks and they'd shut everything by the 90th minute. So that was a little bit annoying, but perhaps for the best, because I was a bit belligerent by that point anyway, but so were a lot of people. And that's the thing. It's like this game really brought out that in people because it was just this very like villain, like the U S were villains. And we don't say that in like their the team are bad people or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just like they have been this figure in women's football, and so to yeah, it was very, it like exaggerated. I think a lot of the kind of you know the booing and the the anti support for the US and then the support for in- Anyway, so it was a really really fun game, um, and yeah, the hurting like oh my god, so funny, because this is my. <laughs> god bless love lena hertig but i don't think she's the most and i i'm i don't think i'm like going out on a limb here by saying i don't think she's the most effective player uh when she's like you know as a sub i wouldn't put her in the game changer category um like anyway so she came on and then she was the one to take the final panel though you know I guess at that point they didn't know who, who it would be because... Um, and I'm sure lots of people have seen the shit posting that has since unfolded around... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, credit to Nair, like, as Harrow said, to get, first of all, not a well-taken pen. From Lena, no. No, no. Um, but kind of on brand. And then second of all, like, Nair, to save it, mm. that was, like very impressive but it was just like again the, the pantomime of it just like a millimeter between that and it not being in is just incredible um and it was just very funny that that was the way that it played out because again yeah it it i if i was a u.s Nuff, i would be feeling pretty devastated in the sense that yeah as harry said they should have absolutely walked this game um Apart from the fact, like, Musevich, massive, incredible, just love her, Uh, wishing her nothing but the best. Also, she um, is very funny from memory. Hilarious. A shit poster amongst us. Love that as well. Um, And, like, 11 out of 11 saves Mm -hmm. for shots on target for the US. And incredible saves as well, a lot of them. Um, And very necessary. And yeah so at, uh, she was kind of the hero the the you know the david i suppose against the goliath that is the us women's national team so um what am i saying here very funny way to end things um it will be interesting to see i i feel we've talked about this as well i feel bad for Vladko and danofsky like I, again i'm not i'm not deep in the weeds with like this US women's national team but it didn't seem to me like he made any glaring errors in the way that he managed that game mm-hmm. and again they should have converted like I don't think it was it wasn't a, a game where it felt like he was out coached I, I to be honest I think Gerhardson was out coached or like Sweden didn't seem to have much of a game plan beyond like let's hoof it long and hope it gets onto a tall blonde bont. Um. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it will be interesting to see how Sweden react, But yeah, so do feel for Flacco because I think I don't see him being able to keep his job after this. But at the same time, it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, sure, get someone else in. But what job are they going to be able to do that is different to what Flacco has done? It's not, I don't think it's the coaching that is um, going into this, you know, feeding into this failure in quotation marks for the U S. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just like, be nice. Blacker seems like a very nice man and we have it on good Intel that his house is full, full of live, laugh, love, like, uh, decor as well. So I'm so, I hope his wife is doing okay. Apparently she is responsible for that decor. And I don't know, that just made, I have a soft spot for him after finding out about that. So, yeah, um, that was very long-winded. But it's, yeah, big moment, big, big moment. This World Cup is anyone's game now.
0: It's, It's massive, and part of me is like, you might think of it as like, the US went out by a millimetre. But, like, I feel like that's way too simplistic Mm. of a way. Like, that entire match was as big as the US women's national team is. Like, it feels fitting that something... The behemoth that is the US Mm. women's national team got knocked out the way they did. And it was a big way. It was a ridiculous scoreless draw. It made no sense. There were so many big saves from Mucevic. She was so... Bloody good! Um, I'm I'm simply obsessed with her, um, and as Harry said, stoked that she was player of the match because she like there was no better player on the pitch. Um, just everything about this game was U.S. big. Even the fact that it was a millimeter—it's the biggest millimeter you've ever seen mm. in your life because it was just so massive but so unceremonious a way for this to kind of all come to an end. Um, And I realised I didn't – I hadn't actually checked the stats. So the US Women's National Team in World Cups have never finished lower than third. Mm. So this isn't just their worst ever World Cup result. This is uh, – like – I don't have a word for it. Um, a pretty
1: big bed shitting. <laughs> it's, it's just...
0: It's mad. And I, like, like you said, if I was a US fan, being in that context, in that environment, I would, like, crawl into a hole and die. Because <laughs> I could not personally handle the conversations that are about to come. Because, as we've already kind of alluded to... Um, it's not just going to be a conversation about okay, this World Cup was a failure. How do we fix this? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Where do we need to grow? Where do we need to improve? You have to like fend off people with a stick who are like the team's too woke and that's why they lost. And it's like fuck off. That's not why they lost. You're just a dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> we're going all out this time. <laughs> no, I just I, I literally said this to you while we were having our little croissants this morning that um the the US Women's National Team's activism is literally one of their most endearing traits, if not their most endearing traits. So the fact that people are trying to turn this into, like, a culture war thing that um, you mentioned earlier, I'm just like, that's not it. Like, don't ruin a perfectly good narrative of a big team losing mm. to suit your own messed-up, deeply problematic, really just bad agenda. Um... But yeah, I if you want to actually talk about the or listen to takes about what this actually means for the US Women's National Team and for women's football in the US and like the nitty gritty, we are not that podcast. Sorry. Um we <laughs> we are for Australians. We we think it's funny that they lost. Um we've thoroughly enjoyed the narrative of them losing. It's great. So um I found out or I tweeted last night there is only one actual women's World Cup winner left in this entire tournament. Japan. Japan and even further back, uh Sakikumagai is the only player left at the tournament who has actually won a World Cup before, which is madness. Um so where the the odds of a first time winner is quite high, to be honest, which as Team Chaos, I love that. We love mm. we want women's football to grow, and unfortunately the US winning all the time doesn't really grow women's football as a whole. No, You know, so, of course, Americans don't want to hear that. They would love the option that allows them to continue being completely and utterly dominant mm. and also have women's football grow. But you can't, like, those things kind of have to be mutually exclusive because otherwise we get to a, a point where it's just the US winning and that's not fun unless you're American.
1: I, I know this is like a really silly thing to draw comparisons to, but it's kind of like city, mm. Melbourne City in the A-League women mm. in the sense that like, yes, you have to respect what they did when they came into the league. They lifted the standards internally, which, you know, arguably meant that other clubs were looking, having a look at themselves and lifting professionalism, blah, blah, blah. What was it? Did they get the full peak? It was just three. Just three. Yeah, the, the people were saying four P and yes. that really rustled my Jimmy's. But it was also by the time they we were talking about a four peat, it's like, can we not like? Mm. I don't. I let's mix that up here. Let's have something interesting. And so it's a good thing that, um, a team like City. Yeah. Again, we're an Australian podcast, so I'm sorry if this is you're an international listener and this isn't landing. But um, yeah, it's good for women's football to have. For it to be competitive. Or just good for sport, mm-hmm. in generally. So, yeah, definitely agree with that. And um, I, I just wanted to read out... I got a message from friend of the pod, Eden. She made the good point. She's like, the post goes from hero to villain for the US. Live by the post, die by the post. So it's like, again, there's that kind of beautiful little motif of the post, the post. and what it did. Like, it saved their asses in that game against Portugal. Mm-hmm. And... It uh, just came out of nowhere to block yeah. one of those penalties and one of their shots as well in, in this game. So, mm. um, again, the, the the pantomime of it. You keep saying pantomime. And that's I'm sorry. Like, no, 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 because I agree
0: with, like, this was, like, a theatre production. This, yeah. was, this was a show. Yeah. Like, and what a show it was. Um. Obviously, if you were rooting for the anti-hero, you think it sucks. But like mm. the rest of us are like, yeah, that ruled like that. W- that was fun. That's World Cup. I keep mm. I keep speaking as if it's like um, Ken, like Ken's job is beach. That's just World Cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I watched Buffy the other day. That's a different <laughs> podcast. That's a very different podcast. Um, I'm trying to think if we've actually offered anything of use. Oh, no. In terms of this actual chat, my only other thought is that to consider this like the beginning of the end of the U.S. Women's National Team is so wrong, so wrong. If if anyone's like, and that's the U.S. Women's National Team done forever, like you have rocks in your brain, <laughs> um, because that 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 is a team and a system that is too. Good to accept failure and too arrogant to accept failure it's mm. about how they bounce back from this and i have no doubt that they will it's just how they go about doing that and whether we see drastic enough changes or whatever it is that needs to be done in time for say the olympics next mm. year in paris or if they need to wait a little bit longer for what a 2027 world cup or something
1: maybe carly lloyd comes out of retirement maybe that's the next step sorry it was again talking to a friend of the pod tom about it he's like it just doesn't make sense to be like they didn't want it enough he's like everyone wants it in a world cup it's a world cup that's not what it's about it's a world cup um
0: the last thing i wanted to talk about with this game like i said If you want actual American takes and more informed opinions, the ESPN live show on YouTube would have had some excellent one. We've got some excellent colleagues over there who would have been talking about that. I would listen to anything that Meg Linehan does over at The Athletic because I reckon she will absolutely explain things that need to be done. Um, And yet there are a lot of very intelligent, very good people in the US women's soccer kind of bubble who will be able to explain this moment um, with a lot more insight and nuance than we have. But um, the final thing I wanted to say was uh, what was your favourite meme from last night following the uh... – because as oh. we said, it was a, a ship poster's delight, uh, the aftermath of this one. So what was your personal favourite, if you can – Pick one.
1: Well, oh, that's a... Big question, eh? Big question. There's Obviously, there's that shot of the millimetre. So Mm -hmm. Friend of the Pop Goss has gone viral with the tweet. Funniest possible way for Americans to find out what a millimetre is, which I think slaps. And then Studs posted that. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. The Studs roundup of memes were very good, like a very good collection
1: of of memes. Highly recommend. Um... But the, so someone, I think it must be another, no, it's just a regular person's account. Someone commented on that and was like, call us when you've got four stars. And then Studs replied, you call us to let us know when you got home. Okay. XXX. And that just sent me. It's the XXX for me. Yeah. And then I think, let me just have a look at my, because I retweet my faves. Um... (laughs) Just anything Evan does is excellent. A friend of the pot,
0: Evan Morgan Graham, great man. Got to meet him in Melbourne. Absolute highlight of the day, and the Chillies
1: won a four 0 So like, big call. Big call. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good content, but that's probably Goss's treat was was very good. Um. And. <laughs> uh yeah, Burke. Burke's tweet with um, the guy that runs the restaurant in Spongebob. What's his name? Squidward about Squidward? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hospitality manager from Spongebob Squarepants, <laughs> where it's like, you, you, you can just go find it, but it's yeah. like seeing people dunk on the USA for having poor tactics in chemistry versus seeing people dunk on the USA because they think they can use this loss to be misogynistic and it's Squidward, like, setting down the, the beach chair and then packing it up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, which yeah that's a vibe um but lots of good lots of good stuff
0: my personal favorites i'm gonna rattle them off really quickly uh from johnny sharples that do you remember the fox soccer ad which was like how do you beat the u.s and just the arrogance dripping off it oh yeah yeah and then he's just put in the uh the swedish chef from the muppets because that oh yes I that did that's were. how you are uh, you stop the u.s allegedly uh Friend of the pod, Steve Smith, who is not the Australian cricket captain, the other one, doing the classic Victorian meme of um, Dan Andrews on the phone in China saying, put them out on penalties, made me giggle. Um, the, The photo from inside the swedish change rooms where like literally the swedish photographer has got a close-up of the team like looking at so the goal line technology and how close it was and then one of the players i cannot remember who it is she's just cackling in this photo and it made me so happy it was so funny um and two more because i realize this is just becoming a meme recap uh, friend of the pod jeff You won't have to worry about unfavorable kickoff times now, which isn't a meme, it's just true and it's funny. Um, And I think this one was also in that Studs meme collection from Vicky uh, and it was Thank You for the Moussevich, which is a little play on the ABBA song. Uh, ABBA really was having a moment yesterday, weren't they? Um, But... That is enough USA Sweden chat. Obviously, as Haro mentioned, Sweden will now face Japan. I feel pretty confident that Japan should beat that Sweden team based on what we saw because I think Japan are clicking and playing a lot better than the US were. So Mm. I I see them being a lot more incisive, a lot more clinical, and I don't think – like, I definitely think – Musevich will play well again but I do think Japan will find a way past her just because they are playing better than the US did
1: yes and I think they just are able to attack through like Japan can pull apart Mm defences a lot better than the US could against Sweden Mm -hmm. um yes uh I, I agree with that assessment. All right, let's quickly
0: move on to the other game. <laughs> it's like yeah. sh- it's only two games a day, and yet we have spoken about the US one for half an hour, but um, it's fine. Anyway, we will now return to the vocal stylings of one Anna Harrington and her takes mm-hmm. on that Netherlands-South Africa game. As I said at the start, Netherlands 2-South Africa nil. Here is what Harrow thought. I really
2: felt for South Africa, like that's such a rough way to go out. They really took it up to the Dutch um, and for a goalkeeper error to basically seal the result is is so disappointing for them. Um, Netherlands, once they got that early goal, really were on top. Um, um, but they were getting really flustered by the way South Africa could get in behind. Um, you'd think... Spain would be able to do that quite efficiently as well with how high those wing-backs for the Netherlands get up, so it makes it a really intriguing clash. Um, huge loss for this upcoming game with um, Daniela van der Donk getting suspended for that second yellow card. It was, you could see she was in tears at full time. Like It was a pretty unnecessary um, yellow card to pick up, like a pretty reckless challenge. Um, so that, I think does somewhat swing the the game a little bit in in Spain's favour, and I'll be interested to see who can step up. Um, We know rod has been good, but they've obviously been used as a combination as opposed to four years ago, where Rod was sort of their first-choice substitute. She's very much a starter and one of their key players now that's had a super tournament. But, yeah, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that one plays out. Jill
0: Rod has been excellent this tournament, and Mm. I'm, I'm sure Gareth Taylor and Man City are just like, yes. This is why we bought you. Um, but do you have any takes on the Dutchies versus South Africa?
1: Just, uh, I feel, uh, yeah, South Africa, more like South Africa. Sorry. Um, I just, yeah, I really do feel for them because it was um, an even, like quite an even matchup between them and it just really felt like bad luck. Again, uh, sometimes game game is a game of luck football is is about luck and and things kind of fall in your way and I, the netherlands similar to kind of um i suppose Dan, daniel van den Donk being out that's not it's not fantastic but um they've been quite lucky with being able to set up in the same way and having that consistency this tournament and uh i love watching like So the South African women's team, I just, I don't know, have followed their story for a while and love them. And I'm just sad that they weren't able to get this done. But at the same time, uh, very positive sign. Like the, the difference, the sharp contrast with like how they performed in 2019 and how they've done this year is just incredible. And again, friend of the pod, Tom, he, his coaching brain, you know, but he, he made the good point that um, it feels like teams like South Africa who are kind of coming into the mix, they're able to, one of the big differences is being able to manage and, and play tournament football and that like kind of sharpen the tactical side of things, which I suppose does come with also developing depth and in your squads and being able to, um, I guess, have more, options to play around with as a coach. But, um, yeah, full credit to Desiree Ellis and her squad and what they've done here. And, yeah, just a bit heartbroken for them. But at the same time, because, yeah, you look at Tuniel and you think, oh, I suppose that makes sense. But the stats really, and the game itself as well, just highlight that it was it, – it could have really gone South Africa's way. It was just a few key moments that saw saw them – out of the
2: tournament. I
1: don't know. Didn't don't have a whole lot more to add for that one. Mm. Um Netherlands going through. Yeah. 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 I'm happy that they're playing much better football and that they've made a really good bounce back from the Euros. Um I think uh, that's that's a nice thing in and of itself to see, you know, have one of those success stories of a team that maybe wasn't thriving, being able to Recover and do well. But, um... Who are they playing next? I know we've probably mentioned it. Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Spain. Spain. Ah, get him! Get (laughs) him! Actually, nah. Yeah. I hope. Finish Finish him. Finish him! (laughs) Finish him. What's finish him in Spanish? I don't know. I'll find out for the next pod. Yeah. Um...
0: Can't believe we don't have her on for this. She's been fanging to practice
1: Spanish. Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, and uh, yeah, Melon-Tipped South Africa, so that's a... An L. A, an L for Cats Against Colonisers, but CAC, his new little organisation he's starting. <gasps> oh
0: my god. Um, Yeah, I... I really thought South Africa would score at least one Mm. and that was based on the way they approached the group stage and then just the way they actually played in this match against the Netherlands. So I'm gutted that they couldn't at least find one goal because as Harrow mentioned, the way they were able to get in behind the Netherlands, they were panicking those orange shirts. They were just like, they're running and they're coming towards us and it was like... Um, yes, that's they do that and they do that quite well, actually. They're very smart in the way that they time their runs and they are able to break with pace and like they're very good at this. Um, but yeah, as she mentioned as well, no Venderdonk for this next clash, which is going to be huge. She was inconsolable after the game, but their coach was like, no, no, this is not the end of Venderdonk's tournament and we're going to make sure that it's not the end of Venderdonk's tournament. So appreciate the confidence from that man. Um, it's one of the only times you appreciate confidence from a man um mm-hmm. but yeah, also, I just we need to go back to the fact that this game kicked off at midday local time, which was I think three or four a m in the Netherlands mm. because this whole match was scheduled in order to appease a prime time u s audience and Uh-oh. it did not um, but the Sydney football stadium once again looked. Sensational. We all, we know, and you would have experienced this firsthand that the Dutch fans really do go all out for tournaments, and just there's a beautiful little sea of orange. Um, did they bring the bus?
1: The bus. The toot toot. They have a bus. They have a bus. That was we were talking about this many many I think like almost years ago. Like how are they going to get the bus?
0: Oh my god.
1: I uh, don't know if they brought the bus. Something
0: tells me they did not pay to bring the bus down to Australia from the Netherlands, if that's what you're suggesting. I was more
1: thinking, how would they get it from New Zealand to Australia? But you are actually make a more compelling point that how would they get the bus from... <laughs> I'm looking at step one, you're looking at step two. <laughs> yes. I just, yeah, n- didn't do all the work in there. Um, yeah. It's okay. The Dutch, I would like to party with the Dutch fans once, at least, this tournament. Originally, I was planning to go to, had kind of set up my tournament around going to whichever game the netherlands ended up in and then sweden usa happened and i was like nah, i gotta be there for that so hopefully they'll be back and will can they be back unless they make the final
0: though um i think they are on the side of the draw that means they're in new zealand until
1: i feel and that's kind of annoying i'm i'm a Mm. bit i'm a bit quizzical about that it would be frustrating to have to like in New Zealand come over here for a, you know round of 16 and then go back Yeah, uh, I don't know but I'm sure they're flying business class and on that you know Jetstar <laughs> econ life so can't be it shouldn't be too hard Um, did I have another point nah no. I don't think so oh yeah and also I double checked this last night just in case anyone is wondering the yellow card rule you just have to think of it in terms of like it applies up until it works in the way that no player can be out on two yellow cards for the final, but all the games before that, it applies. Mm-hmm. So it's up until the quarterfinals, I believe. Yeah, um, And then you can't, yeah, you can get two yellows in two separate games, but it won't disqualify you from the final, if anyone was
0: wondering. No, good clarification, because I reckon a lot of people would have thought that exact thing. Um Obviously, we are recording on Monday the 7th, which means tonight's matches are England taking on Nigeria at 5.30pm Eastern Time up in Brizzy, and Australia, Denmark at 8.30 tonight at Stadium Australia. So do you have any words of encouragement or just like uh, things that may soothe the anxieties of our listeners as we uh, wait for this Tilly's Denmark game to kick off?
1: No, I don't. I have a tummy ache.
0: (laughs) Sorry, listeners, I tried. Um, (laughs) I laugh because same. Um, (laughs) Yesterday I felt particularly ill about it. um, And then obviously was just kind of gleefully soaking up all of the Sweden US US, um, post-mortem. And now I'm back to just being nervous um because it's it's just such an important game I mean they all are because it's the home world cup and this one's literally the round of 16 so like um I don't know I I said this to you like earlier this morning I can't tell if like I I have a sense of calm but I don't know if that's coming from a place of like just utter belief in the girls or if I have like sped run anxiety to the point where I'm now so anxious I'm calm. Yeah. About it? Um but I don't know. Look, the only thing I will say is that Caitlin Ford yesterday in the match day minus 1 press conference was like the Melbourne crowd was the best one that we've played in front of and she wants Sydney to get louder. So uh, listeners who are from Sydney, listeners who will be at the game tonight, get loud, get a little feral, but don't be a dickhead. Um, I think is the the message from Caitlin there. I'm just going to add a couple of words yeah. <laughs> to to her take. But um, nah, look, round of like knockout football, getting to watch your team, getting to watch your nation at a knockout game at a World Cup is a ridiculous privilege that not many of us have enjoyed and not many of us will enjoy. So even if you are shitting yourself today, enjoy it as well. Because <laughs> no like but genuine like not to go full Taylor Swift again, but make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. You've got no reason to be afraid. Um it's gonna be fine. Soak it up. It's gonna be good. We're gonna be okay. Regardless of what happens, we're gonna be okay. Yeah. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, we made it this far. We'll make it further. I don't know. I it's, uh, in terms of the game itself, I'm like confident, but then I'm like mm. confidence it's, feels yucky. Confidence feels <laughs> yucky. Tall <laughs> poppy syndrome. Like confidence feels, and it also, uh, I believe Sam addresses this in her piece that's out today. The kind of mentality shift that is required, kind of coming in, feeling like you could you could win this game. It's like. Mm-mm. Like, what do we do if we don't have that underdog mentality? Mm. Who are we?
0: Yeah. That's, go read Sam's piece. That's, we, we simply cannot and should not address that on the podcast. No, no. <laughs> right we... now. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today before we wrap up?
1: I feel like I missed something yesterday, but, and then I remembered it in the shower and now I've forgotten it again, so maybe I'll get to it later. Sorry.
0: That can be a tomorrow problem, I reckon. Um, As I said, obviously, we will talk about the Tilly's Denmark game tomorrow and the England-Nigeria game tomorrow as well, and we absolutely cannot wait. But that is us done for today. As always, we are over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. Remember, you can always read Sam's stuff over on ABC and Harrow's stuff through AAP will be sprinkled literally everywhere. If you want to listen to us, we're uh, on Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. Make sure you subscribe so you know what when the pods are dropping. I have so lost my train of thought in this. Uh, if you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post pod on all social media. But until tomorrow, go tillies and see you. Oh, yeah.